Hello, I'm Carl Oakes, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Way of the Higher Self. This is a spiritual path of self-transformation with an emphasis on specific evolutionary practices. It's suitable for people in the early stages of personal growth, as well as for those who've been working their path for a long time. And I want to emphasize that wherever you are on your journey, I honor the work you've done to get there, and I'm grateful for your willingness to consider what's offered here. So, from that place of respect and appreciation, I'd like to ask you the following questions. Do you want to be more grounded, more loving, and more effective in pursuing your goals? Would you like to be freely and fully yourself, justifiably trusting that your words and actions will always be constructive? Would you welcome a relaxed and yet passionate life with real and rewarding relationships, uninhibited creativity, and commitment to a spiritual life task? From my own experience, I know that if you're willing to work this path persistently, it will give you all of that. If you'd like to join me for this and other episodes, I'll show you how. Hi, I'm Carl. I'm really glad you're here. Let's jump right in. This is the first episode of the introduction to the second practice of the way of the higher self, observe ourselves with maximum honesty and compassion. And the premise here is that in addition to having a higher self, which has the best uh, human energies such as love and honesty and compassion and so forth, we also have a, a sort of an energetic center which contains um, opposite kinds of energy like dishonesty and selfishness and cruelty and so forth. And we're going to call that the lower self. And the premise of the way of the higher self, or a key premise, is that everything that's in that lower self zone is energy that originally was higher self energy and got distorted and turned into its opposite, basically, and that we can uh, strengthen and expand the higher self by discovering all that lower self energy and converting it back into its original form. So let me spell that out a little bit with some examples. Um, let's just take three lower self characteristics. Um, and they're not always, by the way, things that hurt others. They can be things that hurt us more than others. Um, so one might be submissiveness, where we're giving ourselves away, uh, to other, we're selling ourselves out to other people in order to get approval or to avoid conflict. Uh, another one might be aggression. That's not really, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Uh, trying to overpower people, harm people, destroy things. Um, and another one might be withdrawal. And what I'm talking about there is kind of disconnection from life, emotional flatness, numbness. We talked a little bit about numbing in, um, in the first practice. Um, 
disengagement, uh, lack of real relational connection, and so forth. All right. Every one of these three energies has its higher self counterpart um, and represents a distorted version of that higher self counterpart. So in the case of submissiveness, it would be love. And love does involve um, putting other people or, or another person uh, sometimes ahead of you, um, other or in general, just kind of making them at least as important as you. So that can manifest in this positive way, or if it becomes, you know, selling out in order to get approval and avoid conflict and so forth, then it's similar, but now it's submissiveness, and now it's part of the lower self because it's harmful, um, especially to ourselves. But even when we're in a submissive relationship with somebody else, it's not good for the other person either. Um, well, what about aggression? That's a distortion of power. Power, for instance, to uh, set an intention and to influence the environment in order to manifest that intention, that's a good thing. But when it gets turned into, uh, you know, trampling over other people in order to get what we want, no matter what the impact is on them, then it's a distortion and it becomes part of the lower self. And finally, withdrawal is a distortion of serenity. And a lot of times uh, it masks as serenity. In other words, someone who's really withdrawing, really numbed and disengaged, um, not involved with life, will pretend that this is the this is serenity, this is the result of uh, you know, spiritual attainment or, or some kind of attitude breakthrough or whatever, um, because that's one of the misconceptions in our society, as I talked about in uh, the first practice, that being really spiritual means not having any feelings as opposed to having them um, organically and fully and being able to maintain consciousness in that state. So um, these, are, uh, these are some examples of that kind of distortion. And the goal of this practice is to really find and get to know and bring into consciousness these distortions, um, which just the act of doing that, just the act of really doing that, if we can do it with honesty and with compassion, will... Uh, organically uh, allow these energies to kind of return to their natural state. Um, and then there's a few additional things we can do to kind of help that organic process along. But the main thing is to bring these things into consciousness. Um, so I, I gave you three examples there. I think I alluded to some others. Um, important lower self energies that uh, we might want to keep in mind here are, are pride. I don't mean that in the positive sense of self-respect, which, which is the higher self energy that's been distorted. I mean it in the sense of thinking that, you know, I'm better than everybody else. Um, jealousy, selfishness, unwilling to grow, uh, unwillingness to grow, which is very, very important in the context of um, 
being engaged in a growth path, right? Because there's always going to be some of that resistance uh, happening, and it's important and, and productive to be aware of that. Uh, dishonesty and even cruelty. And I know that's difficult for some people to believe. There, there are people who are uh, temperamentally very sweet, who, you know, have nice thoughts, um, who would never, never do anything, you know, hostile or aggressive towards anybody. Um, even that kind of a person, somewhere in the caverns of their psyche, has cruel impulses. And, and um, sometimes it's that kind of personality that finds this work the hardest because they're the most shocked and, and they have the hardest time kind of coping when they discover um, that, that there is cruelty after all. Um, so, and sometimes the cruelty too can be very subtle. Um, we all have known people who can be mean and very, uh, in, in ways that barely leave a trace, you know, just little innuendos, little kind of verbal, uh, ploys that, that cause pain without really leaving much of a, of a, of a real trace. Um, and also the cruel, cruelty can be, and often is, especially with a really nice person, uh, turned inwards. Okay. So they're nice to everybody else, but they're savage with themselves, uh, in terms of, uh, holding themselves to very high standards, punishing themselves for failing and, and so forth. Okay. So, um, those are some important lower self energies and the important thing to understand about them, why they're important is that they cause suffering always for ourselves and often for other people that we're involved with. Now, before I move on to um, other things, I, I just want to mention that um, this all kind of invites the question, well, how did these energies get distorted? And there are two different perspectives we can take on that. There's a humanist perspective, which says that um, the child is born into the world pure, has nothing but good impulses, and then encounters, you know, uh, imperfect parents and um, a messed up hostile society, and that's how those energies get distorted. And then there's a spiritualist, uh, or spiritual, I'll say, uh, explanation for it, which is a little different. Doesn't really deny any of that exactly, but says that the energies um, of these, these lower self energies are already present at birth. And so these experiences that humanists look at as um, causing the, uh, the lower self energy, causing the conversion of the energy, uh, the spiritual perspective on it um, would be more inclined to say, well, these experiences um, brought those negative energies to the surface, kind of activated them, but they were pre-existing. Uh, is this important? No, you know, it, it's not. Um, but I just thought I'd mention it because um, it's two different ways of, of looking at the same thing. And, you know, I'm kind of more in the spiritual camp and at times that may 
express itself in, in, in other things that I say, but if you view it strictly in humanist terms, that's, that's fine. It doesn't affect any of what we're going to do. Um, in addition to these lower self energies too, we should be aware of the fact that we have vulnerability. Um, all of us, uh, our feelings are capable of, of being hurt. And sometimes the lower self, um, we, we enlist the energies of the lower self as our defenders uh, to prevent that from happening, um, which makes us, which gives us kind of an attachment to the lower self. It makes us um, value our lower self energies and be a little more reluctant to let go of them. So a good example of that would be like sarcasm. Okay, some people defend all the time, keep people at a distance, keep people off balance by being sarcastic. Um, and that's, um, that's not nice, you know, it's a form of aggression, but it may be difficult for someone who's, uh, who's successfully protecting themselves from disappointing, uh, uh, you know, from, from being in a situation where they, they're too close to somebody and they trust them and then that person hurts them. Who's, who's protecting against that by keeping everybody a little further away with sarcasm, it might be hard for that person to, to really be realistic and to say, you know, uh, this sarcasm isn't serving me. I, it, it's, a, it's a flaw. It's something I should get rid of. Because in some level, on some level, it's keeping them safe. And, and they know that and they like it. Um, so, yeah. So sometimes uh, the lower self is something we have an investment in was... The point of that. So now I want to move on to the question of how do we tend to uh, cope? You know, we can't, we all have a lower self unless we're, um, unless we're mercenaries or we're gangsters, you know, unless we live on some fringe of society where uh, cruelty and, and other forms of lower self behavior are, you know, uh, are part of life. Um, we have to cope with our lower self. We can't just go out and act it out. So, um, how do we, how do we cope? Well, a very common masochism, um, should be familiar to us from the first practice, which is suppression along with its ally denial. All right. Um, so just as I might suppress and deny sadness because I don't, uh, because it's so uncomfortable for me, I might also suppress the fact that I'm uh, judgmental and maybe uh, contemptuous of people who uh, I don't think are as good as me or something, because um, I don't, I don't want to be that way. Uh, first of all, I don't like that about myself, and secondly, it gets me into trouble if I, if I act that way, everybody's going to hate me, you know. So I'm going to suppress that, and I'm going to uh, deny that it's part of who I am, because it makes it easier to suppress something if we pretend that it doesn't exist. So that's one way that, uh, that we can cope with uh, lower self-energies and make sure that they don't uh, express themselves. Uh, another way is, it's kind of similar, um, but it's controlling 
uh, thoughts and behavior, uh, or I'll say behavior and thoughts in that order. Um, so it, it might sound like I'm just saying the same thing again, but um, controlling behavior might, might be uh, not, I'm not just suppressing. I, I have a certain code of conduct. I say, uh, you know, I have certain rules of behavior that are positive that I, that I uh, subscribe to. And I, I make it, like I say, don't say anything, you know, uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Okay, that's an example of kind of what I'm talking about. You might have, there might be a code of behavior. Um, and there might also be uh, thought control. Uh, the a very common example would, of that would be positive thinking, okay? I don't think negative thoughts, I only think positive thoughts. That way positive things will happen, I'll attract positive experiences to myself, etc. might be the, the, the tactic there. Um, and then, uh, finally, there's kind of the idea of starving the lower self. And, uh, this is expressed, for example, in that, I, maybe you've seen this on Facebook or somewhere else, um, the idea that there are two wolves in the psyche. One's the, I can't remember what the exact terminology is, but one's the good wolf and one's the bad wolf. And, you know, the way that you, uh, uh, the way that you make the good wolf dominant is you don't give energy to the bad wolf. You starve you starve it of energy. Um, so these are kind of some, some ideas um, about how people generally cope. I'm not advocating any of this, okay, by the way. Um, I, I already told you what the approach is in this practice, okay. It's about getting to know these energies and bringing them into consciousness and helping them to reconvert into their original thing. But um, culturally, we um, have all learned some or all of these approaches, and I want to talk a little bit about them for that reason. Um, and I, I think the most important, um, well, I, let me back up. Okay, so um, suppression and denial, uh, for one thing, is very energy intensive, just like it, is, just like it was in practice one. Keeping things at bay um, is draining. Okay, uh, controlling behavior and thoughts is also draining, and um, it, it also uh, if if we're denying and if we are trying to force ourselves to behave in a certain way, all of that creates what is called a mask self. All right. Um, remember, I was talking in practice one about the idea of self-alienation, of not really being in touch with our feelings, and therefore not really knowing who we are, and um, how that can lead kind of to despair, uh, because there's a there's a lack of there's a lack of actual engagement with life. There's a a disconnect, which is um, which creates a sort of psychic starvation, all right? So to the extent that we are forcing ourselves to uh, be 
some version of ourself that's not true, that's not actually who we are, it's who we want to be. And it reflects our better qualities, but it's still untrue because it's not inclusive um, and it's not completely organic, it's kind of orchestrated. Um, all of that leads to, leads to self-alienation. And um, on top of all that, nothing really changes when we're doing all this because the, the bottom line, it, I'm sorry, the, the energies that we're trying to cope with here, uh, let's say it's cruelty uh, as an example, is going to remain frozen as long as it's in darkness, as long, it is, as long as it is not on the table, in the light of consciousness, it's not going to evolve. So all these efforts are going to have to be constantly uh, engaged in, and ener energy is constantly going to have to, to be allocated to that. So that should sound familiar if it, you know, because it's similar to the theme of holding feelings at bay in practice one. What we want is actual change so we can free that energy, so we can stop doing all this stuff. And, and by the way, uh, a good indication of the fact that it's not really effective and that it's energy draining is that um, if when you're tired and when you're stressed, uh, your worst characteristics suddenly come to the fore, um, that means that you, <clears throat> that means that that was there the whole time, that you had the capacity to keep it at bay when you had a lot of energy, but that as soon as that energetic system broke down, <clears throat> there was nothing um, in between, there was nothing interfering with the expression of those negative qualities. Um, so now you have to ask yourself, well, is, is that what you want? These strategies here, suppression, denial, controlling by thinking and behaving certain ways, or by, you know, quote unquote, starving the lower self, um, if they all break down when um, you're stressed and tired, then they are costing you energy and ultimately they're not changing who you are. What I'm suggesting we do is something completely different, all right? Yeah, it will take effort, it will take work, um, but at the end of that process, you will not have to fight with these energies because they will have been uh, transformed, okay? So what's required then is a willingness to work and a willingness to kind of get your hands dirty and dig around in you know, your lower self and maybe discover some things about yourself that you might not be all that thrilled about, but uh, you'd be doing that um, in order to transform those energies and to stop suffering and to stop bringing uh, suffering into your life for other people. Uh, one thing that's important to, to bear in mind on that uh, last point, you know, bringing suffering to other people, uh, it's not just that, for example, if we're aggressive, we, we make other people suffer. That's certainly the case. But also, um, to the extent that we have lower self-energy that we're not aware of, let's say, I'm, let's say I'm competitive, but I'm not admitting it to myself. When I encounter someone else who's competitive, 
I'm going to notice that. And uh, because it's an aspect of myself that I'm in denial about and that I don't like and that I'm trying to suppress, I'm going to have a negative reaction towards that person. And I'm going to engage in somehow less than ideal interactions with them because they're reminding me of things that I don't like about myself. All right. So that's, um, that's what we want to change. So let's talk about how, all right, how are we going to change this? What are the actions that we're going to take? And the most important action is to do that daily review that I was talking about in the first practice. I mentioned it at that time. I was saying, well, you're going to go back at the end of the day, look back at the day and see if you can detect times when either you really allowed um, your feelings to happen organically and you're going to kind of pat yourself on the back for that or at least just kind of notice it um, and, and uh, be grateful for it. Um, and also notice the times when you interfered with the flow of your feelings and then give your chance, uh, give yourself a chance to feel those feelings, uh, now this being while you're doing the review, um, so that you have kind of a chance to, 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 to go through that organic experience. All right. Now you're going to add something else. Okay. It's, you're going to have that feelings component. And now you're also going to have, um, when was the lower self active in, during the day? So you're looking for when was I mean, when was I withdrawn, when was I dishonest, when, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you're going to need to do that. We all need to do that with compassion. Okay. It, it cannot be done with judgment. It, it will serve no purpose, okay, to say, oh, I was, I was selfish. I, I got to stop doing that because all that does is reinforce that the, the kind of splitting behavior that I was describing before uh, with suppression, denial, uh, you know, control and all that. Um, it, in order to have these things kind of come out on the table and just sit there so that we can kind of look at them, infuse them with consciousness, start to reevaluate uh, whether we really want uh, the, the, uh, the impacts that they have on our life and so on. We have to do this uh, non-judgmentally. And a really useful and important principle that will... Um, that will support that kind of compassion is to bear this thought in mind. Um, you are not your stuff. Okay. Um, it does not matter what kind of stuff you might have. I, you know what? I'm going to rephrase, I'm going to rephrase this. I'm going to say, we are not our stuff. <laughs> it's important to me that, that, um, to keep reaffirming that this applies to everyone. So um, that's why I'm doing that. Um, we are not our stuff. So if I discover all kinds of 
immature, destructive, unpleasant aspects of myself and I decide that I want to own them and I want to bring consciousness to them and I want to transform them, the I in all of that, I want to own them, I want to uh, take responsibility for them, I want to bring consciousness to them, I want to transform them, I in there is not the stuff the I is the consciousness in the center of all of that that has an intention to know the truth about itself and is willing to uh, undergo the process of growth and transformation. That's the I. That's who you are. That's who I am when we're doing this. Okay, so it's very, very important to identify with the self that is doing the work and not with the material that comes up uh, in, the, in the process of the work. Um, let me give you an example of that. I'm, I'm going to talk to you about uh, one of many kind of, uh, on, uh, how can I put this? Uh, darker images that has come up in the course of my personal work over, you know, the many years that I've been doing it. A long time ago, I was involved in this completely insane and dysfunctional uh, conflict with another person that, for reasons not worth talking about, it's, a, it's an interesting story, but we don't have time, um, was not getting resolved that no progress was being made on this thing. And um, I was finding it very painful. Um, today, if I encountered the same person, absolutely nothing would have happened, would happen in the same way. There wouldn't be a problem. But back then, um, it was, I got hooked and I got, um, my vulnerability was really, really getting engaged. I was really um, being hurt by this um, situation, experiencing a lot of pain as a result of being in this situation, might be a better way to put it. So um, I was doing some, some delving into um, my feelings about the person that I was in the conflict with. And at a certain point, I had this image Okay, it, that's all it was. It was an image. I, I want to kind of, I want us to kind of pause there and just be clear on what that means. It was something I saw in my mind. It wasn't a plan. It wasn't a, uh, an intention. It was an image. And, it, and the image was of me taking an ice pick and plunging it into this person's throat. Again, no intention not something that would have ever happened in a billion years, um, but it, it appeared. So um, let me tell you what I did with it, and then let me talk about how someone who, well, let me start with that. Okay, one thing at a time. So what did I do with that? All right, the first thing is to, to try to decode it. Um, so what did, what did it say? It said, I wanted to, to quiet that person. I wanted that person, I wanted to force them to stop talking. 
The reason for that was that they were saying things to me uh, about me to other people that were based on a complete misunderstanding of something I had done. I had done the thing, but the motivation that had been ascribed, it wasn't like a bad thing. It was more like an embarrassing thing. Uh, but they had gone to a very, very intense judgment about it. And, um, uh, and my actual reasons for doing it had been completely, completely different. Um, still embarrassing, but, you know, kind of for another reason. All right. So, but they were, they, they were telling people who were in my sphere that I had done this thing and that I had done it for that reason. And, um, I was having to cope with feedback that was coming to me from other people. And, um, it was, I, I didn't know how to deal with it, um, at the time. Again, it wouldn't be a problem for me today, but it would, I couldn't cope with it at the time. So I wanted that person to stop. I wanted that person to be quiet. And this was, this image was coming up, you know, to express that. And it was coming up, well, you'd say in a very harsh kind of a way. So what was that about? Well, interestingly, uh, when I was a child, I was forced to uh, stay quiet about this really traumatic thing that happened um, at, when I was about five years old. I was threatened. I said, if you ever say anything about this, you know, something very bad, they, there was a specific that I'm not going to get into, but this, a threat was made, you know, you cannot say anything or else X. Um, so the, um, fact that for me, there's an imagery of kind of violence to the speech center or the speech chakra, um, that that exists in me. And the idea of a kind of sudden, you know, attack upon that um, makes sense. You know, um, it's, it's a pre-existing kind of an image uh, that I had felt experientially towards myself. And now I was kind of just applying it outwards to that person. So when I look at it that way, um, you know, I could deal with that. It made, it made sense. Um, but I'm also mentioning this as kind of a caution, um, because if you're the kind of person who, if you encountered that kind of image coming up in yourself, you would be severely destabilized and you would conclude that you were evil and you would, you know, uh, you would just have a very, very intense self hating kind of reaction, then I'm going to urge you to do this work with someone who can support you through that. Um, because again, no matter how nice you are, how sweet you are. And I mean that, uh, I'm not being, I mean that sincerely, you might be a very nice and sweet person. Still, this kind of thing could conceivably come up if you dig deeply enough, um, into what's going on in your own, uh, like I said, in the caverns of your psyche and you need support. Um, if, if you're not going to be able to handle that comfortably and there's no shame in that at all, I'm just, you know, it's a judgment you have to make. Can do, do I, 
would I be able to handle something like that alone or should I be doing this work with someone who can help me through something like that? Um, and the other thing to remember is that this is all um, distorted positive higher self energy, okay? Um, in that image of uh, me kind of committing that act of violence, I, what was I really trying to accomplish? I was trying to stop a kind of flow of disinformation. And by the way, uh, this person, I think, sincerely believed everything they were saying, okay? I, I'm not suggesting that they were lying about me. I, I just, they had a misunderstanding, and they were very invested in that misunderstanding. Um, I was trying to get that to stop because what did I want? Well, I, I wanted, you know, kind of a timeout, and then I would have a chance to kind of think about how am I going to handle people believing these things and what is it that I want to say about this and so forth. So the, the intention underlying the whole thing uh, was ultimately a good one uh, being expressed in, in very simple, uh, unsophisticated terms of, you know, I need to make this stop. Okay. Um, all right. So I think, um, that's probably a good place, uh, to pause. I'm gonna, I, I, I've, I've talked about daily review. The next thing I want to talk about is, um, fault lists. Um, and I'll explain what the, it, well, okay, let me just tell you very briefly. It's about looking at, you know, what are the kind of lower self habits that we have that, um, that influence our lives in a negative way. Um, and I want to talk more about, uh, honesty and compassion and, um, what are the things that get in the way of that? So when we come back, um, that's what I'm going to be, that's what, I'm sorry, when we come back in the next episode, that's what that will be about. So that'll be part two of this introduction, and I will see you then. Thank you for giving your time and attention to this episode of The Way of the Higher Self. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful, and I hope you'll come back for more. Personally, I'd love for us to stay connected. If you feel the same way, I hope you'll subscribe to the Way of the Higher Self YouTube channel and or the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can also visit thewayofthehigherself.com where you'll find a growing library of materials to help you manifest your most evolved and positive qualities. While you're there, sign up for email alerts and we'll keep you informed as more content is added to take your practices to a level. Until next time, no matter what life may bring, I wish you maximum progress on your path.